Hey everyone, a while back I had a discussion with someone over Twitter about DMing. There was a D&D group that had posted a meme that said something along the lines of, oh, I'm not metagaming, my character is just smart and is communicating with my allies. To which I responded, I'm not metagaming either, my enemies just don't cluster up for fireballs. This comment ended up upsetting a particular Twitter user who will not be named on this podcast, but he basically ended up calling me an adversarial DM. I, of course, argued against this, saying that no, I'm not being adversarial, I'm just playing my enemies as though they were intelligent. He, of course, did not agree with me and ended up saying that DMing this way was childish and that he really hopes that I don't run my groups this way. And the thing that I ended up thinking about later that I did not think to bring up at the moment was this. I knew my players, and he did not. Hey everybody, Vince here, and welcome back to the Bardic Inquisition. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different and give some DM advice, because D&D 5th edition is something that I know, and I've been running for about a year and a half to two years for three different groups. So if you're not into D&D, my apologies, and if you are, but you're not a DM, well, you might be able to get something out of this anyways, or at the very least, maybe you'll find it entertaining. When I first started DMing, I only had one group, and this was fine and good. After all, this was my first group that I had ever DMed with, but I noticed something that at the time kind of bothered me, but I now realize is perfectly normal. If the party spent too much time in town, or otherwise engaged in social interaction with some of the NPCs, one of my players would get visibly bored. And this player I'm going to refer to as Davis. On the other hand, if the group spent too much time in combat, especially against non-humanoid creatures, one of my other players, which I'll refer to as Winters, would, just like Davis, get visibly bored. At first, I thought it was maybe something that I was doing wrong. Maybe my combat was too boring, or maybe my social interactions were too boring. And while that may have been partially true, I was a new DM after all, that wasn't the whole story. While the other players were okay with doing whatever we were doing, the other two players, Davis and Winters, were on complete opposite ends of a spectrum when it comes to the three pillars of D&D. You see, Davis likes combat, but doesn't really care for social interaction, whereas Winters likes social interaction, but doesn't really care too much for combat. So, when that campaign eventually ended, and I decided to start 
two campaigns, I made sure to separate Davis from Winters. You see, I'd begun to catch on to a concept that the DMG simply refers to as knowing your players. And that is the topic of today's episode. Different players, different needs. Or, what I think is a much cooler title, Davis Winters Wolfpack. As I explained earlier, I run three different groups now, and the first of them that I want to talk about is the Davis group. This group consists of Davis and most of the players from the first campaign, with the exception of Winters, and actually later on another player ended up joining that group, so they're now back up to five players. With this group, I've identified two needs, the first of which is combat. I accommodate this first need in a couple different ways. First off, I make sure the group has plenty of combat. What I like to use are random tables, and whenever the group is traveling, I use kind of a hex crawl system. See, I'll have the players kind of move their guys across the map, and every time they step onto a new tile, they have to roll a d6. If they roll a 6, they get a random encounter. Sometimes it's combat, but it's not always combat. Other times it's exploration encounters, or occasionally social interaction encounters, but let's be honest, most of that's going to be combat, especially for this group. Another way that I try to accommodate this need is by making sure that the combats are interesting and challenging. You see, nobody likes boring combat, especially the group that likes combat. If I were to pit the party against a group of generic orc stat blocks on a plain, empty field, it would just feel like an insult to the players. Not to mention, I wouldn't be having any fun running that encounter. So I'll mix and match units. I'll have a fighter type that goes up in front and starts wailing on the enemies from the front lines, and then I'll have some archers, maybe a mage kind of unit, or maybe a healer or support unit in the back. And here lately, I've been looking at a lot of Matt Colville's action-oriented monsters. I'll leave a link to his Flea Mortals playtest packet in the show notes. It's a pretty good read. The second need I've identified for the Davis group is the need to feel like a badass. And I accomplish this in a couple of different ways, the first of which is giving out magic items that can be used in combat. Don't get me wrong, alchemy jugs and sending stones are cool, but nothing feels more badass than rolling a nat 20 with a vicious battle axe. The other way I address this need is by making death a possibility. And this is where some other DMs might call me adversarial, but hear me out. If every combat is a cakewalk, the players will not take your combats or your world seriously. But if you challenge your players and give them a really difficult fight, your players will feel much more rewarded when they eventually come out the other side still alive and breathing. In fact, one of my players I actively try to kill. Hear me out. He wants his character to die. But he doesn't want his character to die just any old way, he wants to earn his death. So I try to make that happen when I can. However, I haven't been able to do it yet 
because he's a barbarian and it's really difficult. And I don't want to throw anything that's unjustifiably high level at the party because I don't want to wipe them out. And yeah, you get the point. But there's one thing that I've noticed that this group, well, most members of this group, don't really care about, and that's to feel like they are the good guys. Yes, they want to feel like they're the heroes of the story, but they don't necessarily have to feel like they are morally correct all the time. After all, the setting that I'm running for them is a Viking-inspired campaign. So sometimes the best course of action is the more Viking thing to do, and not as much the lawful good thing to do. But that's just my Davis group. In summary, this group needs lots of fun and engaging combat, and they need to feel like their characters are badass, like their victories are earned. But what they don't need is to feel like they're morally correct all the time. But let's move on to the next group that I run, the Winters Group. My second group that I want to talk about, the Winters group, consists of Winters, as well as one player that initially started off in my first campaign and then ended up dropping out of it, and then three other players that had never previously played D&D before. And because I didn't want to overload myself with work, I'm running them through Ghosts of Saltmarsh. As for the actual party, this group is vastly different than my Davis group. Where the Davis group is more combat-focused, this group is more social interaction-focused. And while they do enjoy a little bit of combat, they need a lot more time for that role-playing portion of the game. With the Winters group, I've identified three different needs. Role-play, comedy, and to feel like their characters matter in terms of the story. One of the ways that I address the party's need for social interaction and roleplay is I allow them plenty of time in town before they head out on missions. For one reason or another, these players really seem to enjoy the part of, you know, everybody meeting up and doing a little bit of shopping before they head out to do whatever the mission is for that session. And I don't mind letting them do this. In fact, a lot of times it's pretty entertaining for me to watch. But the social interaction doesn't stop once they leave town, because another thing that I do to accommodate this group is I allow them plenty of chances to negotiate before they get into combat. And don't get me wrong, a lot of the times the group ends up fighting anyways, but it still gives them that little extra chance to roleplay a little bit, and this group actually does something that I've never seen my other groups do before. If this group is fighting a group of humanoids, usually something like pirates, when it gets down to the last couple of enemies, they will attempt to grapple them and then make an arrest. And this is mostly the paladin and the clerics doing, but the other players really seem to enjoy this as well. And this brings me to the next need of this group, and that's comedy. Don't get me wrong, there are a couple of tactical-minded players in this group, 
However, for the most part, the players are all here to just relax and not think too hard. As I mentioned, we're all in our 20s and 30s and work full-time jobs. And unlike the Davis group, who just kind of wants to kill stuff, this group just kind of wants to joke around. And as a result, they need a little extra slack to do that. The first thing I do is give them slack, of course, but I also do a second thing, and I do this second thing for every group that I run, and that's, I, I do a lot of funny voices. Yeah, I know, big shocker there, the guy running a podcast likes to do voices. I could have been somebody. I could have been a contender. Now, as for the story-related needs, the way that I address these is twofold. The first is that I allow plenty of engagement with the NPC characters. As an example, one of the characters, a dwarf cleric named Garethorn, is in love with a certain tiefling NPC character. Now, this particular NPC is a magic items vendor, and in order to engage her services, it requires a 50 gold fee up front. And this character, Gertharn, will spend the 50 gold, not buy anything, and just try to woo this NPC. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll have him make a charisma check to see if she's impressed. And don't worry, this is a perfectly innocent relationship. Normally she'll just smile or maybe even send a wink his way. But it's important that he feels like he's at least maybe getting somewhere, or has the chance to get somewhere with this NPC. Will there be a wedding eventually? I don't know. Maybe. The second way that I engage with this group's need for their characters to feel relevant to the story is I will often reward them with social rewards, not just magic items. For example, there was a quest where they had to fight a bunch of pirates on a ship, and one of the things that they did is when they were making their arrests and turning in the bad guys, of course, is they asked one of the guys in charge if one of the NPCs that they really came to like be spared from having to go to prison. This NPC's name is Math, and the players really like them. Now, as for things that this group doesn't care about, as I mentioned earlier, they don't need a lot of combat. Yes, again, there are a couple of tactical-minded players in the group, but even they are okay with just one to two combat encounters. So yeah, that's the Winters group. To summarize, the Winters group is more social interaction focused. They desire roleplay, comedy, and for their characters to feel like they matter in the story. They don't need a lot of combat, but they really seem to enjoy just hanging out at the table, making a few jokes, and uh, doing a lot of role-playing. But now it's time to talk about that third group I mentioned, and that's the Wolfpack. And while they're more like the Winters group than they are like the Davis group, they are also very different. Let's get into why. The group that I refer to as the Wolf Pack is my Roll20 group, and it consists of my sister, my brother, my mother, and my stepdad. 
As I mentioned earlier, they are more like the Winters group than the Davis group in that they prefer social interaction probably more than anything else, but that's about where the similarities end. Aside from the obvious hardware differences and therefore different needs involving that, this group needs to feel like they are the good guys, and they need to feel like that they are making a difference to the town that their campaign is focused around. Let's start off with their need for social interaction first and address that. Again, just like with the Winters group, I give this group plenty of time in town. But unlike with my other two groups, I tend to rule of cool quite a bit with this group, just for the sake of roleplay. To use an example, the party was going through a lizard folk lair, and the party came across a guarded bridge. My mother's character, Lena, got the idea to turn into a giant lizard, with the reasoning that if these are lizard folk, they might think of giant lizards as we think of dogs. And my stepdad's character, Rainmaker, suggested that he pretends to be the concerned owner whose giant lizard got out. And this ended up leading to a hilarious scene with Lena as a giant lizard just running past all these guards, while Rainmaker, as the concerned owner, ran after her, shouting, Wait! Come back! Stop! And while I realize a lot of DMs would have various checks be rolled to ensure that this happens, I just kind of let it happen because I thought the idea was very creative and pretty hilarious. And this kind of brings me to my second point with this group. See, one of the things that I noticed with this particular group is that if they come across another humanoid group that is not distinctly evil, they will often try to negotiate with the enemy. And unlike with the Winters group, this is not strictly out of a desire to do some more social interaction. This is actually out of a desire to play the good guy to give the enemies a chance to do the right thing, or even to find out if the supposed enemies are even bad guys to begin with. You see, with this group, it is more important than with the other groups that if I put enemies in front of them that cannot be negotiated with, it is either because they are too evil or too chaotic to care about doing the right thing. Unless, of course, we're talking about zombies, in which case they're zombies. They don't understand good and evil. As for the third need of this group, the need to feel like they're making a difference in their environment, it's a little bit like the Winters group's desire to impact the story, but it's more specific to the town where this whole campaign is kind of centered. You see, these PCs are from a town called Ranavasker, and while my other two groups might get attached to certain NPC characters, this group is a little bit more focused on the success of the town as a whole. And this may have gotten started because my sister's character Saffron, the Harrigan Rogue, decided that she wanted to help out at the local farm. I think this led to my brother's character, Trouble, the tiefling barbarian, deciding to help out at the local blacksmith. Lena decided that it would be a good idea for her to work with the local apothecary. For a while, Rainmaker was working with the instrument salesman named Remy, but now wants to open his own leatherworking shop. And all this ends up coalescing into this sense of investment in the starting town where they're from. Naturally, I want to cultivate this, so one of the things that I do is whenever they sell things to a merchant, say the magic items vendor, which there is one in the town, he doesn't sell much, but the more they sell to him, the more his inventory grows. 
As another example, the produce that you can get from the local farm where Saffron is working has minor magical effects, and depending on which crops Saffron is fertilizing, they have even greater magical effects. But if I were to try to put my finger on one thing that this group doesn't care about as much as the other groups might, it's the loot. Of course, yes, this group does like to get loot and magic items and cool stuff like that, but with the wolf pack more than any other group, I feel like if they were to go on a quest and open up a chest and it had very little to no magic items in it, they would be okay with it as long as they felt like they were doing good and making a difference in the town of Ranavaskar. So again, to summarize this group, the wolf pack is a roleplay heavy group. They need to feel like they're the good guys, and they need to feel like they're making a difference in their environment. And while just like everybody else, they do like to get loot, they seem to care about it a little bit less than the other two groups do. And that's the wolf pack in a nutshell. To wrap this whole thing up, you can have a myriad of different players at your table and a myriad of different groups. But the most important thing is that you know your players, you know what your group wants, and that you do your best as a DM to accommodate that. But that being said, that doesn't mean that you ignore your needs as a DM either. Just make sure that if you're running D&D for any group of any kind, that they know what you as a DM are about. Because DMing ultimately comes down to making sure that you and your players are all having fun. And the bottom line there is communication. But that's all I've got for today, guys. Let's go ahead and move into the outro so that we can get you guys out of here. That's it, guys. That's the episode for the week. I hope you didn't mind that it was a little bit more niche, a little bit more about D&D, and in particular, DMing. But it's a topic that I felt inspired about, and so I really wanted to do an episode on it. But hey, if you liked this episode, or if you didn't, make sure to let me know by sending me an email at bardicinquisition at yahoo.com. And don't forget, just like Jennifer Schaefer, you too can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash bardicinquisition. For less than the cost of a gallon of gas, you can help me keep doing this show. But again, that's all I've got for you guys this week. Thank you very much for tuning into the show. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Bardic Inquisition. And hey, maybe try DMing.